You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Hey, it's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas, fellas, fellas. Bro, bro, hold up, hold up. Why does this introduction get louder and louder? <laughs> I, I swear turns it up. Because Gary why, didn't why, have his There's no off, point so in doing that, bro. <laughs> it is. It wakes everybody up, gets everybody going. But I'm first. pretty sure when they hit the play button and select this podcast, <laughs> they're already woke when they turn it on. They don't need you to wake them up, bro. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he breaks a couple headphones every time. Extra woke. Every time. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, it's everybody's favorite part of the podcast, especially Gary's. <laughs> when it's over. Listen when here. it's over. Let me ask you this. You know, we're going to get into how y'all's weekend was, but I got a fun moral dilemma question to start this podcast with should you defriend some people when you log into facebook and you see two of your friends gave another friend autographed jerseys to their baby and never even so far as written a note to your baby should that make you feel some type of way i'll i'll start okay, I, I would okay, say okay. I, oh go ahead, go ahead. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I would say no because i believe i would say you'd have to know the situation of it like if that person supplied both jerseys and have hand ready for you to sign and all you had to do is sign it i would say you're fine uh, if the other person did absolutely nothing and never even told you about the baby being born, I would say that they're part of it as well. So I would say I would say you're in the clear of keeping them as your friends, and you good, are the problem. <laughs> I don't even. I I am. I, this is a very disturbing conversation. Okay, this is disgusting. This is a very disgusting conversation, and you know why it's a disgusting conversation because. Everything you want me and Gary to be, you took from us by us not knowing that you even had a baby, bro. <laughs> we didn't. You you had a whole baby before you, we even knew you was pregnant. Uh, like, uh, uh-huh. uh, but I then you gonna say we friends, and then your your response. <laughs> this is was your response, time. Your response goes, "Oh, I thought y'all knew." <laughs> Man, that's that's really the whole reason I brought it up because of the whole fact that y'all are like, oh, this is how we had to find out, <laughs> bro. Like for real. <laughs> I love it. I all, love. All it. I know is I got a Facetime basically while delivery was going on on the other yes. baby. Yes, one hundred percent, bro. And we have uncles. We have titles, bro. We have titles. Like I, I don't even know, like. Other than live, like, do anybody We're, else have titles? We we are acquaintances to that baby. Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Everybody, everybody. We saw that baby head pop out. Lord. We that, saw all of That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 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 D'Angelo, I got to give it up to you, but it's it's uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Look at all that Christmas stuff behind D, boy. Hey, Thanksgiving came and went, and he is ready now. Hey, I'm, hey Christmas right now is my time to shine. Okay, this is the today is the day where all the decorations go up too. So that's that's really really cool. We start on Monday, uh, the sixth. So today is the sixth. All the decorations are going up. So you had to look at your watch to know what day it was. 
<laughs> I, I knew that that was Monday the 6th, bro. What are you talking about? I hate you, bro. See, that's what I'm talking about right now. Y'all want to know how our weekend went? Yeah, let's how was see how the weekend. <laughs> how well, was my, weekend? my weekend was a lot better than D'Angelo's, I would say. Uh, so, uh, I will say it was a lot better in some ways, and then in one way it was terrible. But uh, I went to, in the great ways... I went to New Orleans and went okay. to a wedding for uh, Will and James from The Amazing Race. Hold on, Gary, because you be taking us way too fast. You take us way, way, way too fast, and you leave out all the good shit. So because I know that, I'm going to bring you back a little bit, okay? So you went to the wedding in New Orleans, right? I, I didn't get an opportunity to go. I'll tell you how my weekend went. It'll coincide on why I didn't make it. What was the food like at this wedding? Because we in New Orleans now. And if I'm in New Orleans, you know, I want some etouffee. I want some New Orleans-style dishes. Or was it one of those, was it a fancy wedding? Like, where they had just, like, the little finger foods and you don't really get full? Well, well they had the Tell finger foods. Tell us how food. it was. Tell so us how it was. they had finger foods to start, and then they had the full food come, which, in straight New Orleans fashion, it was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. They had uh, they had some pad thai. They had some tacos. They had king cake. Obviously, king cake's a nod to the Amazing Race. Right. And them winning. And it was actually on the three-year anniversary of them getting engaged and winning the Amazing Race. So I thought that was okay. Pretty you could have cool. left out the win in the amazing race. We were on there too. I know yeah. it's like I know just we, we I made that known multiple times while I was there. I was uh, still salty about it, but yeah. yeah. I said you're I'm welcome not... because without us, you wouldn't have had this wedding. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I, I'm just expecting. I mean, you had three years, three years to plan this immaculate wedding. I understand that you know it was pushed back because of you know COVID concerns and protocols and things of that nature. So I just wanted to know if they was going to stick with their New Orleans roots or if they were going to kind of step out a little bit and go barbecue or something like that. No, it's it's stuck true. And I okay. will say they do so. Well, now, hold different. up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So if they stuck true to New Orleans tradition, then that means it was a parade somewhere. Correct. So that's what I was about to say. Ooh, so hold up, hold up, Orleans, hold up, Gary. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Hold up, Gary. Hold up. I, I know you are not about to tell me that you was walking in this damn parade, bro. Because that is not you. That is not something you would do. So let me explain what it actually Ooh, is. Yeah. So soon as soon as a wedding in New Orleans is how it works. So as soon as a wedding is finished and they announce you man and wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever it is. As soon as they announce it, the band comes out and they're playing music. Like a, a band comes out and they're playing music and they walk out to this road and then everybody follows so the uh, the whole wedding party. Why are you laughing so much, bro? Because this right here, you and this, because th that's a long walk, bro. I know I, you're I, not I about to tell me this. Okay, go ahead, bro. I'm dying because I know you either stopped or decided like, hey, this ain't my type of wedding. Like, I just I want to know how you responded to this. I, I will give you all of that. Okay, so. <laughs> So the band comes in as soon as the uh, I do is finished and they're pronounced. And then the wedding party follows the band out and then everybody else follows that after. So then you walk and the band plays music the whole time. 
and you walk about 20 to 17 to 24 blocks. You basically walked, we walked in a square back to the original place where we started. So they had time to change it over to the food and the tables and all that kind of stuff. So I will say before we started, I was not looking forward to walking. I hate walking. My back burns, is on fire. If I walk too much, D knows this. When we go to Disney, all I ever complain uh, about is my back being on fire from having to walk. Because and I don't know if y'all saw the pictures, but he he ain't got on regular shoes though. These are like these are these. these I did shoes. have dress shoes on, and I was yeah, in a dress suit. shoes on. Yeah, dress shoes, dress shoes, and a suit. Like this is not like a normal seventeen to twenty-four block walk. Okay, <laughs> but so, go ahead. But, here. but I will say it's pretty cool what they do because so they have. The music's playing, obviously, and then they actually close the roads off. They have the cops will close the roads off so no cars can drive down, and then they have, like, a police escort behind you making sure nobody comes behind. And I thought that was pretty cool. I will say it was not as bad as a walk as I thought it was going to be, but my back was still on fire. I started in the middle when we started. By the end of it, I was literally dead last. So I was the last person to walk into the venue by the time we finished because I tell you – from then on, my back was on fire, and it, it doesn't rest so I can lay down. So I had to sit, and I relieved a little bit, but until I actually lay down, it does not get uh, full uh, recovered. So, uh, but other than that, I think it was still a cool experience. I think that was uh, something different. I have not seen it before at a wedding, and it was actually a lot of fun. I know uh, D. I tried to. FaceTime D a few times. He just ignored me. Like he said he wanted to be there, but he just ignored my FaceTime. So I don't know what was going on there. Uh, I'll let D explain that one. But uh, it, was, it was a good wedding. I thought it was a good time. It was good seeing everybody again, and I thought it was a great time. I feel uh, like I can just see I can just see Gary sweating Coca Cola. Oh, bro. Right he said he started in the middle. He was dead last on the seventeen to twenty four block walk, and everybody in the same stuff he in. Craig, there was women in heels dominating me, bro. There's no way his mom and dad was gonna beat me. No, not today. Not today. Well, they were the very front. That's what so. I said. You said you started in the middle and was the last one to walk in the church. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I told you, I'm not. I'm not a walker. Do you know how much distance you lost in 17 blocks? Yeah, my body doesn't uh, react that well. You can thank football for that one. Uh. But, but this is why I'm laughing. This is why I'm laughing, y'all. And the reason why I couldn't breathe is because Gary is a talker, especially when he has a, that 17, 24 blocks. Like he knew that he was gonna have to get himself through. I know Gary. He, he so he had to talk to somebody. But during the course of him talking, who did you talk to, Gary? Oh, the other racers that were okay, there. Okay, so he so he talked to the other racers. But then it get to that when he said he finished like dead last. At some point during that walk, he just stopped talking because it just wasn't fun anymore. And he was like he was done. So that's why I'm laughing because that transition and it's like instant. It ain't like a gradual. It goes from like, oh, no, this sucks. I'm done. <laughs> but at that point, you're committed. You got to go. So it's funny because I started in the middle with uh, Ishwar and he's like, oh, let's get closer. I'm like, yeah, good luck on that one. <laughs> and I just slowly started dipping as he gained forward. <laughs> 
When did you stop talking to people, though, Gary? Because I know before you got to the church, there was a point where you were just like, you know what? Well, I'm just well, gonna focus on I, me. I will say we did have a little bit of a reprieve. We got to one point and there was a a lull. We had to stop because of there was a like a work truck that was parked okay. in the middle of the road. So the cops had to move it, get it moved. So I got a chance to stretch my back a little bit, which helped. So I actually okay. did not stop talking this time because it wasn't continuous. If it was uh, continuous, I would have lost it. Uh, uh, I would have lost. I just would. Have, it would have been hurting even more. D uh, knows because every time we go to Disney, it is. Oh, uh, bro, it's that's why I'm dying because don't nobody else know that Disney Gary when everything starts shutting down, like he goes from like talking to like just trying to get through the pain to where he just like just flat out just uncoachable, just belligerent. Like I'm going home. <laughs> I will say, like, when we go to Disney, I'll be with the kids. Like, oh, the kids, like, want to want to be on my shoulders. Yeah, no problem. You get about ah, yeah, start off great. Have to park in, and I'm like, no, no, no more rides. No, y'all go on that ride. I'm gonna sit over here and go. Eat. Uncle Gary's closed. <laughs> I need ah, my bro. Drink. I'm, I'm talking about to the point, like, hey, Gary, where you at, man? You went to the bathroom. Nah, man. I'm just, I catch you. I back at the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know. Like I know the transition to Gary. So that 17 to 24 block walk, I was like, ooh. But did you know going into this that you was gonna have to make that walk? I did not know until I got there. And then they asked, so how's everything going? And that's what they said. This how what how they laid out the how it all went. And I was like, ooh, that's a that's a nice little walk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I don't know how this is gonna go. And <laughs> But I made it through. I survived. I made it back to the venue. Uh, I did FaceTime. D. The only time D answered the FaceTime was during their first dance. I tried to get him so he could say something to him. But it was good. It was a good event. I, I, congrats again to them. It was awesome. It was great catching up, seeing everybody. That was the great part of my weekend. The terrible part of the weekend was the day after. Uh-oh. So I, had to, I flew home the day after the wedding. So my uh-huh. flight was at I had had to be there at seven thirty. My flight was at at nine. Okay. So the night before I after the wedding, I go back to the hotel and I'm laying in bed ready to go to sleep. Got my alarm set for seven. Uh huh. And so your flight was at nine, and you had to be there at seven thirty. Because you said my flight was at seven thirty, I had to be so there at nine. I wake up, shower, and go. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, that's I good. Already had, yeah. I already had a cab waiting. Uh, so I already had them to call a cab waiting for me when I got up and got there. So that was that was easy. That wasn't a no issue. So I, I in bed at night, and I don't sleep one minute the whole night. I could not fall asleep because I was so worried about my alarm going <laughs> off and me missing it that I did not sleep. I ended up watching The Best Man Holiday. I ended up watching 14 episodes of Go Big Show and Wipeout. I was so pissed because I could not fall asleep. And then I look over and it's 7 o'clock. I'm like, oh, my God, I did not sleep at all. Uh. So I get up, I take a shower, I get to the airport, and 10 minutes before we're about to board, they come over and say, sorry, your flight is delayed till 1 o'clock because of fog. Every flight to New Orleans was delayed coming in because there was a lot of fog outside. So every flight was delayed. So now I got to change a flight. Still haven't slept. So I've been up for 24 hours now because now it's like it's 9-something o'clock. 
and they changed my flight to one. So now I'm looking at. Are you in the airport at this time? Oh, I'm in. I'm sitting at the gate waiting. Oh, so you're not even at the hotel. Oh, so, okay. so All right. I'm looking. I'm looking at the flights, and they're like, it's delayed till one. So I look at my connecting flights. And I'm like, well, there's okay, Gary. Okay, I, I, just just curious. I, and 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 I've always wondered this, even not natural disasters, but when you have stuff like rain, fog, like weather. If there's a meteorologist in the area and it calls for it and you know that that's going to happen, uh, should do you feel like uh, the airline should reimburse you for money if they knew like, hey, we all I mean, that's what we pay meteorologists for. We knew that it was going to rain today. Uh, I would say no, because it, it, <laughs> they don't change flights unless it's outrageous and there's no way of guaranteeing it's going to be outrageous on flights especially on like raining wise you can say it's going to rain but you, they never say it's going to be they might say it's thunderstorms but again if it's 30 percent thunderstorms it's 30 percent in that area somewhere it doesn't mean it's at the airport right that's what i'm saying but it, so, but you I, even if it's a 90 percent chance that it's going to rain like you know that it's going to rain you know that there's going to be thunderstorms and so and so on thursday as a traveler do you should you look at the weather before you travel like so you probably didn't look at the weather and it didn't say i mean fog or anything like that so do i'm saying who's responsible for that is it the airline or is it the person booking the ticket nature jesus i blame nature because <laughs> i don't think i don't think you can predict fog i think fog's not something that they can like oh yeah it's gonna be a foggy day in two weeks i think that's more of just happens well, I don't know if, for a fact, but I, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. If the news channel can say, "Hey, it's going to be massive flooding tomorrow," and people listen, if you look at the weather and you go, "Oh snap, it's 80 percent chance of thunderstorms tomorrow," I probably shouldn't fly out tomorrow because my flight going to be delayed. All right. Well, how about this? Put a shoe on the other foot. Say that they say it's going to be 80 percent chance of thunderstorms, so the airline cancels your flight. And then you wake up next day and it's bright and shiny. You're gonna be pissed that they canceled your flight. Absolutely, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that that so it, it it all falls on who's responsible for knowing the weather when it's time to fly in or fly out. Nobody, Is it the I airline? Think I think nobody. I think it's just you take that upon yourself when you book your flight. Okay, so you shouldn't be mad. No, correct. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So you shouldn't be mad. I'm I'm telling you right now. Up until where you going right now? Oh, I can still be mad. It's just nothing I can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not blaming the airline because it, it'd be different if it was just just Delta was delayed, but every flight was delayed in uh, New Orleans because no flights could get in. So that was that was the problem. So right. So you still hadn't been to sleep. Nine o'clock. You still in this airport? Yes. So I'm in the airport and it's delayed till one. So now I'm looking at flights and I'm like, okay, well I need I got a connecting flight. It says I'm gonna land at three ten. So or at two fifty five. So I'm looking, I'm like, well, there's a 310. Well, that's not going to work. Uh, so then I had to book a 615 flight. So now I was supposed to be home at 2 o'clock is what the time I was supposed to be home, my original flight. So now I'm delayed till 1 o'clock. And uh -huh. I'm, so I go to the lounge, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to try to sleep, but there's no beds here. This is an international lounge, so I can't sleep. I'm exhausted right now. So... At by when it hit about 11:30, I had been up a full 24 hours, so I was hurting. So finally, I found a seat in the lounge, and I'm like, "Screw it, I'm going to sleep." So I slept for about 30 <laughs> minutes through one movie. Woke up, 
Then I slept for another 30 minutes to a movie, woke up, and I was like, okay, well, it's about 12 o'clock, 12.15. Let me head down to my gate, get my gate, get there, and I am exhausted. Uh-huh. So I get on the plane, watch it, all that. That's fine. Get home. I get to Atlanta. It's Now it's 3 o'clock. Now I have a three-hour layover waiting again, and I'm exhausted still. So I go to the lounge again. I'm sitting there. I get on the plane, and I eat, do everything you got to do. I don't fall asleep in it. That little hour nap helped a little bit. And then I get to the plane, get on. We're on the plane, and I'm watching, I'm watching my iPad, watching a movie, and I'm like, nope, I'm going to go to sleep. So I go to sleep. 15 minutes, literally, from the time they were still boarding. I wake up when the boarding door closes because I am not comfortable. My back's already starting to get on fire from sitting. And I wake up, get home, get land, 7.45 into Florida, get home my house, 9 o'clock. I am asleep by 9.45, and I slept till 10 a.m. the next morning. I had an hour and 15 minutes over a 36-hour span. And I was dead to the world. But I got a 12-hour nap or sleep, I guess. And it was amazing. So I I hate to break this to you, though, bro. It wasn't that you stayed up for 36 hours. It was that 17 to 24-block walk you did. <laughs> that got you tired that. enough. That got you tired enough to sleep 12 hours, bro. So it's, there's probably that. God speaking to you saying you need to get started working out. I'm, I, what are you talking about? If you've been watching Cinnamon vs. Sugar, you know my working out's going well. Ah, <laughs> uh, natural athlete. Um, so what I did this weekend, uh, and the reason why I couldn't join Gary is I have the flu, uh, or had the flu. Uh, me, the wife, the kids. I mean, we had the flu, and I didn't. I felt like I didn't need to expose everybody at the wedding party or people in the airport, especially if we got, a, got delayed like you, Gary, because of fog and, you know, and then, you know, didn't want to get COVID while having the flu. You didn't want to double down. So there was a lot of variables in there on why um, I didn't go. And on top of that, too, uh, just to no one knows where we got the flu uh, to answer those questions or who got it first. We just know that everybody's sick and that we're all getting well and getting better. But that's why. I didn't so that know. was your basically your weekend. That was my weekend. Just sleeping off and on, running fevers and uh, running a thermometer across everybody's forehead to make sure that uh, that we're giving them the right dosage. Dude, I'm telling you, for like the last four or five days, man, it's been interesting because, you know, it feels like I'm an orderly or something because I'm walking through scanning heads and passing out medicines. And it's, it's been really interesting. So like I said, my weekend was a little better than these weekend. Yes. Yes. And all I've been doing is like sleeping and, and sweating and sleeping and sweating and making sure that I'm drinking. And yeah. Also, also one other thing that I did, which I actually text D'Angelo, and he just ignored my text, but it's fine. It's I'm used to it. I recommended a TV show because I finished a TV show on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, Time, but Cowboy Bebop, I definitely recommend check it out on Netflix. <coughs> I really enjoyed it. I know it's an it's based off an anime, and people that watched anime were a little upset with the way they made it. I hadn't seen the anime, so I had nothing to go by, and I actually enjoyed the show. 
Okay, so now I get an opportunity to really challenge and break down that good guy persona, Gary's. So everybody just heard how, you know, I basically been fighting for my life with the flu. And all he worried about is me <laughs> not calling him damn back or answering his damn phone call. Did you hear that, Tom? Did, did you even, hear that? He did you pick that up? Any, any, like, words of encouragement? Did he, did he, none of that. None of that. He just worried about, like, oh, he didn't call me back. He didn't FaceTime me back. Like and and he, jumped, he jumped straight into a TV show recommendation. Yeah, that's what I'm what? saying. Bro. And you dang right. Payback sucks, doesn't it? Oh, because when what? I was sick and didn't go to Disney, he gave me so much crap. He didn't care I was sick. He's like, oh, you're making it up. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm just going to say the same thing to him. I don't really care. I know he's doing fine. Obviously, we're talking right now, so we're doing well. So I'm going to continue living <laughs> like he did. <laughs> no, I, he never once, bro. Like even when he FaceTimed me while the boyfriends was dancing, like they were dancing like on a scalpel or something, like a scaffolding or something. Right. And he was down on the ground and you could tell he wasn't looking through the phone because the boyfriends went in the center of the camera. It was something else. So I'm looking at the center of the camera like, what am I looking at, Gary? And he can't hear what I'm saying. And he like, what you say? So he kept putting the phone. He was looking at them, but then you see it move so he could hear what I was saying. It was just, it was a shit show to begin with. And then he just ignored me the rest of the time. Bro, I was fighting for my life over here. <laughs> I was battling the flu. And you're going to hold that to boys. You know hey, you, it, Payback sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> payback sucks, doesn't it? That's so I, I know I know all the listeners are going to be wondering because of the world we live in today. But you guys went and got COVID tests. Because, you know, today it's like you got all the symptoms of the flu. The first thing is people jump to is COVID. So you got tested for COVID. It came back. Yes. Negative, right? and it, okay. Yes. 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 It's yeah. the flu. It's actually flu A. Which is crazy that they was able to tell us which flu that we had. Flu A. Yeah, flu A. Huh. Okay. So, Tom, what did you do this weekend? Man, I had a wedding to go to this weekend. Got oh, little... hey, hey, wedding partners. Look at <laughs> that. Right? Hey, come on now. Wedding crashes together. But, no, nah, so we, we, uh, you know, we had, <clears throat> we got to go out. Uh, we had to celebrate my brother's birthday uh, on Saturday. So, that was fun. Got a little weekend. Not a full weekend, but some time away from both of the kids. We had the uh, Cynthia's mom came over and watched the kids for us while we did some of that. Uh, so that was good. We had a good little time. And, you know, my Panthers didn't lose this weekend, so that was always nice. Except for they did lose an offensive coordinator. How you get fired on your day off? Bro, can we, can we, can we, can we dive into that? Can we, can we sit right there for a little bit? Can we sit right there for a little bit? And, and, and the reason why I want to sit right there for a little bit is because it is okay. For anybody in the world to tell the truth about the Carolina Panthers except D'Angelo Williams. Because when D'Angelo Williams says something about the Carolina Panthers, it has to be because he's hating. Oh, you he hate has some for sure. ill will or everything that I've said about the Carolina Panthers has been true. Nobody's ever came back to me and was like, oh, man, you know what, D'Angelo, man? I apologize, man. That's on me. I shouldn't have did that. They they even double down more, man. Like you hate you this, you this, you this, but then also feel the same way that I feel. Just like I said about this college coaching staff that they brought in. The problem wasn't Joe Brady. That's not the problem. The problem is, is you're trying to put bring a coaching style into the National Football League that's not different. The only reason why the college style offensive system works 
for the Lamar Jacksons of the world, for the Baltimore Ravens, is because they took his entire offense that he ran at Louisville and they put it into the Baltimore offense and they made it special because he's a special player. Okay, let's make sure we get that right. They don't have a player like that in Carolina. I feel like that's a subtle shot time that uh, he's calling you out for not agreeing with him or and stop calling him a hater. Sounds like oh, a no, subtle I don't shot. Call him a, I don't call him a hater. He's talking about the Panthers fans in general for sure. I already know what he's talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I just I don't I don't understand why. Like, and then when these pieces start falling, they're gonna get rid of Matt Rule in a couple years, and all that money's gonna be dead money, and they're gonna complain and. They're going to talk, and then there's going to be people that tweet me and say, yeah, D'Angelo, you was right. They never apologize. They just say, yeah, you right. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's I, all right. Okay, cool. But at the time, we thought you was – but it doesn't take the time back that you slandered me for four or five or six years or two or three years until what I said come to fruition. It's just you got you to gotta have a mindset to know, like, man, this foreshadowing is there. It's here. And this all goes back to – the issue with fandom being so devoted to a f- being a fan of a team or a player that it clouds your judgment and your ability to see what's actually happening going on. Can I get the definition of devoted? It's 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 uh, it's, like it's French all for you care devoted. About. It's, it's, the, it's French for devoted. <laughs> I love but, it. I love it. But yeah, I can. Can I talk about something since we just kind of transitioned? But well, you basically just forced us to talk about it. But okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we we transitioned. Well, I want to hear Times rebuttal. Oh, he, he's never apologized either. Well, the thing is, I don't I don't call D'Angelo a hater because I know he's not just hating on the Panthers. I know he doesn't actually hate <laughs> the team, even though that's kind of like his persona that people think. But, you know, I think he's right. I think he's right. And uh, we're coming to we're coming to see that with uh, Sam, you know, even from the beginning with the whole Darnold situation. And then, no, no, no. You told me I was wrong about Sam Darnold. Bang. You told hey. me I was wrong. When y'all were 3-0 and and Sam Darnold was sitting on top of the Looking world. Looking good, boy. Boy, look at you. Now you a P.J. Walker away from taking your own life. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all that, D, but damn. <laughs> nah, but hey, it don't matter because we're going to have Deshaun Watson next year, and we're going to be back back into the hunt. And okay. uh, nah, we'll, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from here. That, I mean, that, that'll never happen. Weekend? That'll never happen. Well, so, so, the Carolina so, Panthers will never select Deshaun Watson. Even though they're under new management, it won't happen because this fan base don't know how to handle or will accept a player with that type of baggage. And just true to form, what D'Angelo said, time never said sorry for no, he's not. being he just, wrong. Yeah. He just said, yeah, you're right, D. I told you, they don't ever apologize. They just said, yeah, you was right. Now, I mean, what? If I made y'all apologize for every time you've been wrong on here, Lord. I don't think we've been, we've been wrong yet. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> go. I, I gave a 60 to Steelers. Over the Panthers in the playoffs, make it further. I gave a 60-40. We both have said uh, Jordan's the GOAT. That's been proven multiple times by multiple people. So I don't think we've been wrong on, on uh, cases. I've uh, said the Packers were going to get the furthest. As of right now, I'm leading. Obviously, we'll but see. But no one's leading that until we're actually in the playoffs. That you well, know, there's... Both, Neither one of your teams are actually in the playoffs yet. They're in the hunt. We're in the hunt. 
We so there's a difference. My team's locked for the playoffs as of right now. So I am in the lead, but it could change at any moment, obviously. I hate talking to him with his team's up. Yeah. You're all right. We did have a crazy win by the Steelers this week. So I give that credit. I did not foresee that for one bit, but I was actually – it was a very good game. your damn eyes, you'd be able to see it. Speaking, <laughs> of that game, speaking of that game, you, John Harbaugh, do you make that call? Do you make that call? I'm going for two hostile situations. Are you going – are you going to make that call? Why or why not? I don't like the call because I think you just drove down the field – and less than a minute and a half and got in position to win the game. And then you had to settle for a field goal. I mean, you had to, you had to get extra point to, you scored everything. So you go overtime. You had the momentum right now. Uh, you had dominated 90% of the game. And on, uh, on all defense, you had basically two drives where Pittsburgh could do anything. And I think you rely on that. You rely on us being able to win in overtime. But I don't hate the call, but I hate the play call. That was my problem. I think you have Lamar Jackson, you get him out of the pocket so he can either run or throw. You don't have him sit in the pocket. Even though it was open, I still I, – I know it was a bad throw, but I also still like he still sort of caught the ball. But I, I think you go for the extra point, play in overtime. But if you don't, I think you get Lamar out of the pocket. He's more dangerous out of the pocket than in the pocket. I think it was a bad play call, but that was that's my take. I think okay. you're gonna go for two. You got to change that play call. And again, if if it's a perfect throw and a catch, we're not talking about that right now. It was everybody's happy about it. It's a great play. That's a great call by the coach. But because it didn't work out, it's it, people are oh. questioning it. I have no problem with it one way or the other. Me personally, I'm kicking the field goal. Okay. What about you, Ty? Just yeah, yeah, I'm kicking that field goal. Okay. I mean, you got you got a lot of weapons, and but you got. I mean, I thought you got to go with stats there. I mean, you know, take them. What but, the hell hey, are wrong with y'all? What what's wrong? You with got y'all? Tucker. You got the best field goal kicker in the whole y'all, bro. There's something seriously wrong with y'all, and this is why I said something seriously wrong with y'all. I'm gonna cut you off right that time because I was trying to. I, I I really was trying to understand y'all, but it makes no sense. Did y'all not look at that game? Lamar Jackson was getting his ass kicked back there at quarterback. He was getting hit after hit after hit after hit. They was stinging his ass. Oh, yeah, they control the game, but Lamar Jackson was getting his ass kicked. The best decision that John Harbaugh made was going for two to end that game because in the overtime, he was running the risk of losing his quarterback for the rest of the season. That's how much he was getting hit. He runs that risk every game, how much he gets No, Bro, not this game, bro. That still a Ravens matchup is a completely different matchup. That's that's a different heat. I'm not, I'm not expecting you to understand this, Gary, because you played at Cleveland. But, like, when you play in that rivalry, man, with the Steelers and the Ravens, man, just because I've had that pleasure and being a part of that, it's something different, bro. That's that black and blue game. I uh, beat the Ravens, and I personally, myself, dominated the Steelers. So I'm good. I understand <laughs> how that win, works. Though? I but can't control everything win, else. Though, I can only control what my output is. I did beat the Ravens, yes, 100%. You I, beat the Ravens. In, 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 yeah, that's actually my butt catch. Thank you. <laughs> in Baltimore. <laughs> the butt, the butt in Baltimore. Catch. 
Uh, okay. But it wasn't right. just me, obviously, but I did help. Yeah, but, bro, they was drilling Lamar. He 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 tweaked his ankle a little bit. So I think it was a great call. I, I also think it was a great play call, too, because I'm going to take the hit off my quarterback. If my tight end catches the ball uh, and goes in, if it's not tipped, then, you know, we win this game, we move on, and John Harbaugh is a legend. I just hate the fact or that mantra because I've been stuck in a box before that John Harbaugh only went for it because it was the rivalry, uh, Mike Tomlin that got in his head. No, 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 no. If anybody watched that game, going into overtime is not an option. You have been hitting my quarterback uh, all the time at a premium. Every time we snap this bitch, you're hitting my quarterback. I need to get you to stop hitting my quarterback, and how do I do that? I shorten this game. How do I shorten this game? I'm going to go for two instead of for one because over time my quarterback might not survive. I think it was a great call, and I don't see how y'all don't think it was a great one. You know what I would love to have seen? I would love to have seen Justin Tucker recover that onside kick and attempt like a 71-yard field goal or something to win. Just That would have been just amazing to see. I don't think he would have made it, but I think it would have been an amazing thing to try and see happen. Uh, yeah, that would have been uh, magical. Because it, it'd definitely need his, he'd have got tested for PEDs for sure. <laughs> oh, I agree. After I don't that think he'd have made it because that's a long ways. I know they say yeah. he's made 70 yarders in pre games and stuff, but again, I just that's I don't know. But it, it would to be make great, one in the game, the trajectory, the the amount of force like there's a lot, yeah. especially you know, with the guys that Pittsburgh had over there, just the rivalry, just in you know what I'm saying, just in general. But that's cute. Good job, time. Good transition. Yeah. It's great, buddy. Well, I, I great. Mean, you never, you never know. You never know when D'Angelo's done talking, so it's hard to, you know, like jump back in there. And t- <laughs> well, you, well, you just gotta be like him. You just gotta interrupt and cut him off, like that, he does that you. Hurt. That hurt. <laughs> that hurt. I want to do some. Can we talk about something that we don't ever talk about in, on on this podcast? And that's college football. Can we talk I about mean, college football? We're gonna be talking about that sliding play. Well, no, it, we, it, it, it just—it just sounds like you've had the whole conversation, this whole podcast. But okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, this is what you do when you've been at home sick for five days with nobody to talk right, to. I say you don't get nobody to talk to. So That's what I'm saying. I—I I, I I tried to, to talk to him. He ignored me. It's fine. Yeah, number one team in the country is Alabama. Number two, Michigan. Number three, I don't understand how Georgia. Number four, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the only team in the top four that's undefeated. Granted, Cincinnati will play Alabama, Michigan will play Georgia. Who do you think? Obviously, Alabama showed Georgia that, hey, I'm I'm still Alabama. In the championship game, because I don't think Cincinnati will beat Alabama. I also don't think Michigan's going to beat Georgia, and it's going to be – a Georgia and Alabama in the national championship, which in turn is going to turn into the SEC championship, which we're going to hear about for years and years and years to come. The question is this, what conference, if any, has an opportunity to upseat the SEC? None. That's a simple answer because SEC's just getting better. They're getting Texas and Oklahoma in four years. Their their conference is just going to be outrageous when that happens. Like they're already the best conference 
in the nation, and they're going to get two more powerhouse teams. It's it's going to be it's it's going to be hard for to justify anybody else being a stronger conference. Pac-12, they don't have the, the teams to do it. The what what why does it matter though? If if I could take all the strong teams and put them into one conference now, if I'm not a strong team, I have an opportunity to win the conference I'm in now. Yeah, it does for that, but it doesn't help you in the playoffs because it's based off strength of schedule. If your yeah. strength of schedule is terrible, like Cincinnati, they played one team that was good, Notre Dame. They won their game they needed to win. That was it. They haven't played anybody else. That's why they stayed at four. You have teams playing. You have like LSU, you have uh, Alabama, Georgia, who on a yearly basis, obviously not this year, LSU's good. Florida's good. Kentucky was actually good this year. So you have them playing teams that are – constantly ranked in the top 25 multiple times throughout the year texas a&m auburn teams that are they're always in the top 25 and they're beating them how do you expect a team that has that place maybe one person that might be ranked once every four years how do you expect them to go into the t- playoffs they they're not deserving if they're not playing the schedule and you ha- everybody has the right to play obviously top schools can Say no, I don't want to play, yeah. which sucks. But then you can still find other schools that you can play that are better instead of playing FC Northwest or all these smaller schools just because you want a cupcake. I know every team does it, but that's what they do, and because they want to pad their thing, go undefeated. I think that's what hurts Cincinnati. At Cincinnati, I think they're moving to uh, the Big Ten, I think, or twelve Big Twelve, which yeah. is not even going to have ten teams. I don't think. But yeah. I think when they do all that stuff, it will help their strength of schedule because they're going to be playing more comp- better competition year in, year out. So I think the top four is good. I think what would have been interesting is if Oklahoma State would have won their game in the uh, Pac- or the Big Ten Championship or Pac- whatever it was. I don't know. What do you do with them? Do they sneak in? Because they were number five. If they win yeah. their championship versus a ranked Iowa team or whoever it was, do they sneak in? over Cincinnati or no. That would have been an interesting thing to see, but they lost. I hate what people right now are saying Notre Dame does Notre Dame does not deserve to be in. Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati, who was not ranked when they played them. And Notre Dame is always the most overrated team every year because they make their own schedule, play where they want. They usually play one good team a year, and they're always considered to be one of the favorites because they don't play anybody. They get great recruits, but they always lose when the time comes to things. So I don't think they deserve to be in it. I think it. I think the right four teams are in right now. It makes sense. I'm fine if you switch Michigan and uh, Alabama, and then you switch Cincy and Georgia. I don't think you make uh, Alabama versus Georgia in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I think that way you make it where, hey, now you're actually going to find out these other teams can compete with these SEC schools. And if they both lose, it proves these are the two best teams in the nation. They should be playing each other for the championship. Makes sense. And not for the SEC championship. Uh, Correct. I, I like it. I like it. So back to college football again on the slide. Um, is it Was it just a great play? Or are we heading down the road that we won't be able to come back from? I think it needs to be outlawed. Uh, it should not be a thing because if you make that where you can do fake slides, then you cannot make a, a, a penalty when a defense hits a QB that's sliding. Because soon as he, if he would have crushed that quarterback and he would have slid, they would have threw a flag. So I 100% think it should have been a 
flagged. You should have done something. Obviously, they don't have a rule in place now, but I think they will. And there should not be a lot of fake slides because if you're going to do that, then you got to take that protection off the quarterback on slides so that does not happen. Because you saw three defenders slow up when he went to slide, so they did not yeah. hit him. It was it was it bothered me because there was a lot of people. So what generally bothers me about football is not the football itself, but the people who watching it and they'll say, oh, that was a great move. Like, this is legendary. Like, look how cold this was. And then they judge the move off of the reaction of the players like, oh, man, they just gave up on the play. No, it looked like he was sliding and then they didn't want to get called for a. a a personal foul penalty or something like that that would be damaging to their team. That or even a targeting and get thrown out of the game in the championship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the fact that now this young man that carried out this play, oh, it was an ingenious thing to do, but he only had one chance to do it, and he broke it out at the right time in the championship. So now we're faced to deal with the consequences of that beautiful move that everybody's talking about that now has transitioned over to, hey, I don't know if he was fake sliding versus actually sliding. Now that defender, when he comes up and he hit that guy, he now has a leg to stand on. Which in the NFL, I'm pretty sure they have a rule in place. Once you initiate the slide, you're down at that location. There is no fake get up and go like he did. So I think that's going to happen in college because of that. It bothers me to my core of all the people who are defending the kid for fake sliding on how it's a great thing. Defenders, they shouldn't have let let up. They can jump over them. If they say that, they've never played the game of football, and they don't understand how things work. So they have, I don't think they have the right to say that because they don't understand. Like you can't – if you're running full speed at somebody and you, and you see them go to slide, you're going to let up. You yes. can't go full speed and just expect he's going to slide and jump over them. That doesn't happen because most of the time you still hit the guy. It, you see it all the time in the NFL. They try to get out of the way, but a lot of times they aren't able to. They still hit them. Yeah. It's just not physically possible when you're go- playing full speed in football and a guy's running full speed at you. You can't. So when you see the start of the slide, they let up, and they did it. Showed it clearly the guys let up, and he took advantage of it. I think there will be a rule in place next season. Yeah, but how do you police that, though? So you make it the same rule as the as the NFL. When you, when you start initiate- to initiate a slide, you're down right there, whistle's blown dead. Yeah. And there's no, okay. you can't gain yards afterwards. You're down right there. So as soon That's as he good. went to start the slide, he'd have been down right there. And everybody would have let up just like normal. And they would have blown the whistle and he'd have been dead. Or down, not dead. <laughs> like that. Time, any responses? I know you're you're very yeah, uh, I, astute I think, over there. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think they need to have that same rule. Because like you said, I mean, I saw Ryan Clark uh, tweet out. This is the first step to a targeting penalty because if I see this now, I can't pull up anymore. Because yeah. you got it's, it's it's dang near like you know one of those penalties whenever you uh, fake fake like you're going out of bounds and then you come you don't go out of bounds and it's like because people pull up you know so, so if you want to give the quarterback that protection then you got to give the defender the protection of hey if I'm going to stop because this is the rule then <laughs> yeah we need to. We need to make sure that I'm not going to make look like a Bobo the Fool out here whenever uh, he goes to do this slide and doesn't actually do it. <laughs> you know? Well, right. I agree. So I, I know we've been to the end of the podcast, but I, I, I want to ask this question. <laughs> if 
if you could compare your team to a Christmas movie, what Christmas movie would it be and why? When you say my team, what when team I say you your team, about? I'm talking about your Green Bay Packers, your Carolina Panthers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The team that you're rooting for this year on this podcast. I know uh, I could have, you said Carolina Panthers, so I couldn't say, so I went with the Steelers. Uh, you, Gary, you went with uh, Green Bay on your team in terms of who's going to make the most noise. So it's not the team that, you know, you can ne- you're necessarily a fan of, but maybe that's the Correct. team that you're pulling for to do everything right. For if you compare it to gotcha. a Christmas movie, what Christmas movie would it be and why? I, I'll go first because it, it was my question. If I could compare the Pittsburgh Steelers to any Christmas movie, that Christmas movie will be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right now, up until last night, we was playing reindeer games, okay? We was going in there. They didn't take us serious. They was making fun. You know, we went through a rough patch, but we got it all together now. We front and center, and, hey, this sled does not move without us. Christmas, football, nothing happens positive without us and that's what i mean by the pittsburgh stillers is the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer of christmas movies all right i'll go next i got christmas vacation national lampoon's christmas vacation for green bay because they've had so many nonsense going on around them since the beginning of the year on is aaron Rodgers going to play is he not is he going to take the jeopardy gig What's going to happen with Devontae Adams after the season? Is Aaron Rodgers gone after the end of the season? Is Aaron Rodgers vaccinated? Oh, does he have COVID toe? All this nonsense, all this stuff going on, all this hoopla, crazy stuff going on, all this crazy stuff, just bashing them. After the first game, they look terrible. They're, they're washed up. It's all because of Aaron Rodgers, blah, 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 blah. But in the end, just like in Christmas Vacation, when it, came to, when it comes time, Griswolds deliver, and Aaron Rodgers is delivering, and the Packers are t- tied, either tied for first or second in their division. I mean, in the in the uh, NFC. So, I would say right now the Packers are the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh oh, Ty. Uh oh, Ty. You know, there's only one answer that can represent my Carolina Panthers. And you know, I thought about. Is I it home alone? It ain't. I thought about doing Santa Claus is coming to town because of Cam Newton, the GOAT Superman, coming back, and he's going to lead us to the playoffs. But the one Christmas movie that defines the Carolina Panthers and the way that we are fighting to stay in this playoff hunt is Die Hard because it's going to take – It's not a Christmas movie. It's going to take a lot to get these Panthers – out of the playoffs this year, boys. So we're going to die hard, if you know what I'm saying. And that's the Christmas movie that defines the Carolina Panthers. How, how do I know typical Panther fan? Pick a movie that's not an actual Christmas movie. <laughs> that's stupid, Tom. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. It's, it's that that makes no fandom. sense at all. Typical fandom. He's picking a movie that is <laughs> not actually why? a Christmas but movie. But that's the thing, though. Even if you went Die Hard, like, why? Like, not because of the movie title. You got to explain how the movie relates to how your team's playing. 
and and I think in Die Hard the uh, they actually the good guy wins. I don't think the your right. good guys the are, gonna are gonna win. We're gonna win. Win, Bro, win, win, I, win. See, this is why we can't do exercises like this, Tom. <laughs> this is this hey. is this is why we can't do things like this. Hey, but real quick before you hop off here, I wanted to ask you all this question because you know you guys are probably some of the only millionaires that I know, and so when I have uh, you know talks with regular people about athletes and their money, I feel like I'm always on the opposite side, even though <laughs> even though I'm not a millionaire myself. But I think it's because I've, I know y'all don't talk to y'all. So I'm having a discussion with some of my friends, and we are talking about people like I think this one was specifically about baseball contracts and about how people chase money. And one of my friends brought they're like, I don't understand why athletes chase money because they already make all these millions. I would rather try to get a ring than sign somewhere that's going to be bad for bukus of more money. In y'all's opinion, is that a thing? Like once you become a millionaire that you just stop counting the extra millions you could get from playing somewhere else? Or is it, oh, I should be chasing winning championship? Because I said, I said, really, if you're not in the category of being one of the greatest of all time, I don't think championships are that big a deal because that money is going to help you after you retire. That ring ain't really going to do anything for you after you retire. So what's y'all's take on that that whole situation? Should people chase chase rings and take less money? Or are you like, hell no, nah, you only got a certain amount of time to make your money. Go make that money while you can. I think anybody that says they would chase a ring versus the money, I think they're lying to themselves because they don't work in this profession. And any profession, I guess, other than sports – you're supposed to go find the profession you enjoy and you can make the most amount of money you can to support your family and your life. And everybody tries to get promoted, get get new jobs, go to a new place. Oh, let's go be here. Let's go here. I'm gonna make more money. Everything's about that. It's not I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay at this low-level job, make this amount of money just because I really enjoy it. That's just that's not how it is. That's not life. People aren't most of the time they're trying to upgrade. Obviously, there's your exceptions. Teachers, they don't get paid enough. That's been said, obviously, multiple times, but they enjoy helping and mold the world. There's a difference. They're not going to get compensated as well, which is unfortunate. They should. But I think most people is they're trying to get paid much as they can because they want to have the best life they can for their family, their kids, all that stuff. And like you said, a ring 20 years down the road is not going to help somebody that signed a $350 million deal. 30 years down the road. That $350 million is really going to help a lot versus that Super Bowl ring in 20 years when you can't play anymore and when you're going to need help. And I think that's the problem. Like you said, if it doesn't deal with you being the GOAT like Tom Brady, he took money less money to play and do all that stuff. But I don't think that is the situation for 99% of guys. 99% of guys, they're not that GOAT status or that upper echelon of that elite of the elite and it's all about you want to get the most you can to provide for your family the longest amount of time so nobody has to worry you could say oh yeah you've already made millions so why does it matter because those millions will eventually leave as you get older and you're not making money some players are never able to work again because of injuries and stuff like that so they have to be able to provide for themselves a sustainable amount for a long amount of time so Always take the money. 
That's that's my thought. I think you always take the most amount of money you can get. Obviously, quarterbacks are always going to get more. But any other position, you're not going to ever handicap a team, especially if it's football, because of how much you make. Only position that can do that is a quarterback. It's the only player that can handicap somebody with a salary cap. Nobody else really can because they don't make the kind of money quarterbacks make. So in baseball, they have guaranteed contracts. They have the best P, uh, the PA that you can have because they were able to get guaranteed contracts. I'm looking at you, NFL. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I I'll say this. I'll, I'll give you a few examples, and I'll give you the example of David Carr. David Carr took less less money to win two Super Bowls, but he was already a hundred million dollar man before he took less money. So what I'm saying is, is every player has a number in their mind that they want to hit in order for them to say, hey, I'll go to a team for less money. I'll do this for less money to get. uh, But everybody coming into the league, nobody's coming into the league uh, taking less money to win a championship. Nobody's doing that. Nobody until you established and have that number or hit the price range that you want to hit to be comfortable. Nobody's taking less nothing. Uh, and it doesn't matter. And I was always told if you're good at something, never do it for free. I, I mean, I don't know how anybody else is, but that's what I was always told, especially the people to come do work for me around here. Like, Oh man, that was good. Thank you. They was like, Oh yeah, that'll be $120. Like, damn, I, I, I didn't know that this was going to cost. I, well, you couldn't do it yourself. Oh, okay. Well, you right. You right. It's a service. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Here's your money and we move on. But but when you get to a certain point and once you hit that threshold, then that's when you're more likely to go do another team, but or or go to a team to win that ring, but you've already hit your number. So it's kind of yes and a no. Like, no, we're not willing to go uh to a team to take less money to win a championship if we ain't got the number that we wanted to hit already. But I, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of free agents or a lot of of, of n- not big-name guys that have won championships. Uh, like, we'll, we'll always remember Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady and, and all these big-name guys that got the rings. But we won't remember the guys that are on practice squad that got the rings. And when they show you their Super Bowl ring, like, if – if Joe Schmo was to come over and be like, yeah, you know, I was on practice squad. We won this with the, they going to ask you about Tom Brady and Gronk and all those other guys. They're not going to ask you about the guy that just showed their Super Bowl ring. Because even now when I'm out, people ask me about Cam Newton. Man, how was it playing with Cam? Like, oh, it was cool. You know, it was, it was all right. And they were like, oh, well, how was it playing with Ben and, you know, Debo and Antonio Brown? And like, they, it's rare that they ask you about yourself. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's interesting uh, from how the ring versus the win as it relates to actually being in the thick of it. And I think it also depends on sport as well. Like, it would be, it'd be different if you had guaranteed contracts in NFL. I think you'd see players maybe take less money because they're going to be guaranteed that money no matter what, like baseball. But when you don't have guaranteed contract, you need to get as much as you can up front because at any moment a team can cut you and you get nothing. So it's all about getting as much as you can up front. 
Now, if it was baseball, obviously it's all guaranteed. So you're going to do whatever you want because it doesn't matter. You're getting all that money. And in baseball, some players can win a game by themselves. If you're a pitcher, you can basically win the game by yourself, not giving up hits. All you need is them to get one hit and a run and, and you'll win a game. So things can change by one player in football. You can't win with one player. You have to have a team. And I think, I think you're going to take as much as you can. And it's a lot harder to win in the NFL than I think is in other sports because you, you need a full team to win. It's been proven you can win with one to two outstanding players in other sports. But if you don't have a full team in football, you will not win. Yeah. And that's the thing about football. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I'm going to make this statement about football. I can't make this statement about all other sports. I feel like football is one of those sports. I'm not going to say it's the only sports. It's one of those sports where it takes a team to win a game, but it'll take one person to lose it. Correct. One person to lose it. <laughs> There's few. If you want some examples, I can give you your Carolina Panthers if you yeah, want me to. Yeah, give us some examples. You, you want me to give your Carolina Sam Darnold? It's one person. He's losing That's the game. That's not true. His offensive line is terrible, which makes him even more terrible. So, so I, I, I love I, – I agree the offensive line is not great, but every time a quarterback does bad, it's their offensive line. I've heard multiple times from Cleveland fans that Cleveland's offensive line's doing terrible. That's why Baker's not playing well. Cleveland has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And, but because Baker's not doing well, they're trying to defend him. Well, so they no, throw other, saying... other position groups. I agree. Carolina's O-line's not very good. But you've seen other quarterbacks with not a good O-line still be able to produce. Yes. So you can't – it's a team game. But in football, it also – everything falls to the quarterback as well because they're the leader of the offense. So you have to make things happen. You could yes. say the same thing with – uh, Baltimore. Baltimore's O-line's not very good, but Lamar still finds a way at yes. times. Well, that's because, so, well, you know, Lamar's Tyson a, a Hill. Lord. Who's Tyson Taysom Hill? Hill? You mean Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. How do you say his name? Taysom. 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 Taysom Hill. One player losing a game. Four picks. I'm just saying. It's wow. one player. Well, because, well, you know, there's still a thing about that is there's two sides of the ball, so... It is two sides of the ball, but, but I'm just you telling you. give up 17 you, points and, and still I, lose. I, 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 think, I, think, I think in basketball you're more likely to find one player. Well, that no, I, the I, I, th this is the only reason why I feel quarterbacks make the amount of money that they make is because they win as a team and they lose as a quarterback. <laughs> That's the tr It's the truth. We we win as a team, but we lose as a quarterback. It, anytime you look at a loss, the, it falls on that quarterback and what that quarterback did or did not do. I was about to say, I, was, I think the correct phrase is they get too much credit when you win and too much blame when you lose, right? However you want to say it. I, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know that every time a team loses, they always point out that the quarterback has to play better. Like, like a prime example, you could go the opposite way. Everybody's saying Mac Jones is playing outstanding Ooh. because – exactly, because New England's <laughs> playing great. Mac but his Jones. his stats aren't amazing, but they're winning, and that's the thing. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, he's, he's great, he's great. I think he is a good quarterback. But their defense is playing lights out, and he, they're just doing efficient football on offense. He's not doing anything outrageous, 
and they're winning and he's playing well, but he's getting so much credit for it, but it's he's getting too much credit and the rest of the team's not. Well, you know, that's I think the Patriots have made a brand on that type of football, haven't they? I think yeah. Brady's destroyed that brand when he went to Tampa and won two. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, Tom Brady's still doing his thing, but I'm just saying, like, you know, as far as uh, the Patriots, it's been a, hey, can we find a quarterback who can't make mistakes and we'll let our defense win? We had a few years where their defense was terrible and they still won. Yeah, well, that's because Tom Brady had come into his own, I guess. But I see what you're getting at. But by the way, did we ever did we ever acknowledge on this podcast D'Angelo's new picture? I couldn't remember. We did not. Look at that beautiful picture hanging back there. We, is we, it crooked? Is it, it still it is crooked? Not. We finally have a square picture that's not. Bro, like I don't even okay. know how that picture even got hung up there. <laughs> I honestly don't know who hung that picture up there, bro. All I know is. I literally looked at that old picture at least seven times every podcast because it was always crooked and it frustrated right. me so much. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to straighten you out, Gary. See what hey, I straight, did there? Straighten yourself out. Yeah. Gary, <laughs> you know, seeing D'Angelo and his uh, – that's a Memphis picture, right? Yes. Did you get an invite, Gary? To what? Did you get an invite to Hawaii? Because I know D'Angelo's going to Hawaii, and he is he going to take either one of us? Oh, well, I wouldn't go if he asked because it's Memphis. <laughs> so. Well, he wouldn't. He, he hadn't been to a bowl game in years. So. <laughs> we're in a bowl game, too, He'd be scared. I'm to not sure lost. which one it is, but I know we're in one. Oh, uh, okay. That's, you got to love Loserville. They've been that awful. He hadn't watched since the Lamar Jackson. Hold on. When was the last time uh, Memphis won a BCS bowl game? Oh, that's what I you know. We've got it. two. I just, I didn't well, know how we, many we, got. we lost one a couple years ago. Oh, well, we've won two, so uh, I just didn't know how many you got to or whatnot. Uh, so we just talking about the height of bowl games. We don't even talk national championship anymore. We just go to like, but I didn't know that's where we were. It was before our, the playoff. We didn't have a chance to get there when I was there. Uh, okay. we're old, remember? Oh, uh, okay. All right. A couple lawsuits later, y'all still banging though. <laughs> hey, that's basketball. That's not us. Uh, I, but I know we won't get a chance to get to it because I know we've gone so far. But I really wanted to talk about, and I guess we could talk about it next week. But I wanted to talk about the Crombleys, uh, as it relates to obviously just to kind of update y'all on what's going on here in terms of what we're talking about. The Crombleys, the 15 year old kid, um, he went to school. And he decided to open fire and killed a few kids. Uh, uh, and, you know, apparently there are some discrepancies and things of that nature on uh, maybe the parents bought the gun for him in particular or may it not. Whatever the case may be, I wanted to talk about uh, them charging the parents with manslaughter. Was this the right call based on the laws that are there in Michigan? Uh, one and two. Uh, is it obviously there's something going on with this kid? Uh, there was some signs. I mean, it was this kind of like a like a quick like decision by this kid, or was this something that he we saw the signs and we just ignored them, and this is the result of us ignoring those signs? I think that'll be a great topic to start off. Next Let's talk week. about it next week. All right. 
Sounds good. Well, uh, do you guys have a video coming out this Friday for the challenge? If you would have watched last Friday, you would have saw. Well, yeah. What would he have seen, Gary? He would have seen that D'Angelo would not allow me to redo my 40, so our producers had to step in and force the decision, and we are redoing the 40 this Friday. Okay, redoing the 40, and then I realized I wasn't on here last week, so I didn't get to talk about how oh, you bad here. you were. Why weren't you here? How I, oh, bad that's you right. cheated D'Angelo at the hatchet toss. No, no cheating. The I followed the rules of what the owner of the establishment said. Lord have mercy. D, you got to get a better, you know, people around you because there ain't no way uh, if I'd have been there, I'd have let that happen. Man, I appreciate it, bro. I'm just glad that <laughs> you you understood the same thing that I was understanding. But, you know, Gary shafted me. It's cool, though. Hey, everybody gets told different things. I just went with what the owner of the establishment, who knows what he's talking about, said we should do. And that's well, what of I'm course gonna... the owner wants more camera time for his establishment and to show off his big acts. Absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking hey, the same thing. Hey, he agreed to it. I he could have said uh, no. He agreed to it. Well, I know, and I we've, dominated. Seen, we've seen how you talk D and the stuff all the time, like getting him to shoot his money ball first instead of third, like he's supposed to. Yeah, he doesn't himself. have to. Yeah. He chooses to. He makes that. He has the free will to choose <laughs> to do it, and he chooses to do it. All right, guys. So, and we out. And we out. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in to another episode. We'll be back next Monday for Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. Go ahead, D. Now, now do it. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 